1: Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Live Free Creative. I'm Miranda Anderson, and I have a special guest with me here today. Today is episode 10. feels like a milestone here on the podcast. So I've invited my husband, David Anderson, to join me on the show today. How are you, Dave?
0: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited that you're here. We're celebrating our 12th anniversary, which is a lot of years. Yeah, 12. A a dozen years (laughs) of marriage. We have had... Three children, one dog, ten moves, lived in four states and one territory because we did a short stint in Puerto Rico, and we've been through a lot.
0: And we're getting chickens this weekend.
1: So that's another thing. (laughs) That's another (laughs) exciting adventure that we're headed in on. Um, I thought that this would be a fun show to do today to talk about marriage, specifically creating space for marriage, for your marriage in your life to be exceptional, to be wonderful, and to be great. Dave and I have chosen to make our relationship a focal point of our life and our development. And we've done that through years of kind of ups and downs too. We think that a marriage not only requires work, but also a lot of focused intention, which are different things. And we want to share some specific ways that we've found to create space for your marriage in your life. And even, we've got an exceptional bonus in this episode, a list, a very specific list of ways to find a babysitter, which is an important part of maintaining your marriage, don't you think?
0: Very important, yeah.
1: And it can also be really tricky. So we're gonna get started today with a little segment, you know it, it's called Life Lately, but today is going to be Dave's Life Lately. Okay, Dave, what's been happening in your life lately?
0: Well, um, the main thing that I do is show up periodically on Miranda's Instagram feed. <laughs> and that's kind of my big job
1: Hashtag Instagram husband.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, my day job is as a patent attorney. I work for a petroleum additives company that happens to be based in Richmond. In my previous life, I, was, I played a lot of rugby.
1: So much rugby?
0: Yeah, that was a big, big part of my life. And I'm trying to keep that in my life by coaching. I'm coaching. I'm helping. I'm an assistant coach for the University of Richmond rugby team.
1: Which has been so fun. That's kind of a new development. It's been a few months.
0: Yeah, we started the season a few months ago. We haven't won any games yet.
1: (laughs) Not smashing any records (laughs) so far, but you're well on your way.
0: That's right. Yep. Hopefully we'll make an impact long-term.
1: Yeah, that's fun.
0: (laughs) And also something that you mentioned previously is that we've joined a climbing gym.
1: You joined a climbing gym and led the way. And now I've joined it and I'm hooked. So thank you for that.
0: That's right. And I'm hooked too. I love it. It's really fun. Uh, That's been a real big hobby of mine lately.
1: Bouldering specifically.
0: Exactly. Indoor. No rocks yet. (laughs)
1: We're rock climbing on fake rocks inside a building.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and I guess the last thing that I should mention is that I I do have an online presence. Yes, you do. Yeah. So I, when we got to Richmond, one of our goals was to find all of the good restaurants.
1: Because that's what you do when you arrive in a new city, right? Exactly.
0: That's what we do. So we, yeah, that's what we do. And so I thought I'd document that online and I chose Instagram.
1: That's where it all happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I have a prof- professional Instagrammer in the house.
1: <laughs> You're Because you are a professional Instagrammer behind the scenes.
0: Exactly. I have experience with Instagram, and so I put all of the restaurants that I'm interested in on Instagram feed under Richmond Gastronomics. So if you are interested, you can go check it out, Richmond Gastronomics.
1: Well, I love it, too, because we moved from Austin where there were so many great food Instagrammers. So anytime that you were interested in kind of seeing what was happening in the food scene, we could pull up an Instagram page and go check it out. And we got to Richmond and felt like there there aren't as many. It's just a smaller city and that uh, the food scene is like bursting, but it, it hasn't quite reached the peak of Instagrammers yet. So it's kind of an, an open space. And your Instagram feed, Richmond Gastronomics, is one of my favorite places to find Restaurants. I mean, you've done an excellent job of, like, digging up cool places and also telling the stories behind them, which is really a fun, different take on it. Not just, like, follow Dave around town watching him eat food, but, like, the research that you do and telling stories is really cool. So, I love it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And I love when we get to go try all these new places that you've discovered because of your Instagram. So, that's awesome. Instagram for the win, people. Okay, so that is... Um, That's life lately. Because this is Dave's first time on the show, and because we're talking about marriage, I thought that we would give you just a quick rundown on our history and our relationship. So Dave and I met in the fall of 2005, and we had some mutual friends, we went to the same church. I was immediately strucken, strucken struck by Cupid's arrow (laughs) I thought okay this guy is super sexy he seems really interesting very nice and he was a little mysterious because he was in and out of town all the time and I didn't know why until a few weeks later when we actually like had a conversation and I realized that he was traveling for rugby he was playing rugby professionally for the USA Eagles and so he had been like in and out of town for tournaments and if that wasn't even more sexy then I don't know what was so We started texting a little bit here and there, hung out. You invited me over once.
0: A lot of conversations on MySpace.
1: We did. We had conversations on on MySpace. This is before Facebook was really a thing. Yeah. I guess a couple months went by, and in March or April, in the spring...
0: Yeah, it was in March.
1: Dave invited me over for a kind of a date. Was that really a date? Our first date, he had just been in Hong Kong. I delivered a little camera for him to take pictures of his trip like a disposable camera this is i mean if you can believe it like digital photography wasn't like totally a big thing yet so i gave you that disposable camera you went to hong kong i think you took six pictures yeah <laughs> is this is too much detail
0: no it just shows how different we are
1: <laughs> we went and got the camera developed Went to a Chinese restaurant, and you paid for my meal. And I remember thinking, oh, this is a date. Like, he's he paid for my meal. That was our first date. I think from that point on, really, we were together almost every day.
0: Yeah, I think it was in April that we first talked about our life together.
1: Yeah, we went to Mexico together for a friend's wedding and kind of talked about, like, our life, like, seeing ourselves together. Um, We didn't say the word marriage because it seemed like really soon for that, but it was really easy to like talk about raising our kids, which was kind of odd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we just kind of had this instant connection that I think we both, you were 26, I was 23, we had dated a a lot, and I felt like I knew kind of what I was looking for in some ways, and I met you and felt like, wow, here it is. Like, how could I want anything more? And then – I remember specifically thinking like, the more I learn about this guy, the more I like him. And that's like a really good sign. Every time I spend more time with him, I find out something else or I like learn something new about him that makes me even like him more, which is awesome. So I think you're really wonderful.
0: (laughs) You're making me blush.
1: (laughs) So we get married in October of 2006. The rest is history, I guess. It's been 12 years
0: together. well into our 13th year
1: we are one day 17 hours into our 13th year of marriage so we know all the things we will tell you everything you need to know it's a work in progress but that's a little history on kind of how we met and our relationship I mean in like the tiniest little tiny nutshell one kind of just you might enjoy this so this will just tell you where my head was when we went on our first date We were at a Chinese restaurant and we got fortune cookies. Dave's fortune said, you and your spouse will be happy in your life together. I was like, that's a good one. And in my head, I was thinking, that's me. Like, I'm his spouse. I mean, you guys might think I'm crazy. This is our very first date. And I'm thinking, this is a good omen for our marriage. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt it enough that I kept the fortune. You probably thought I was a weirdo. Did you even realize that I was keeping it?
0: I don't think I've realized what was happening.
1: I like slid the his little fortune away on the table and tucked it into my journal and kept it and a couple years ago I had it framed together with a picture that we took on that date. And so we have this framed, you know, picture and fortune from our first date that said that we will be happy in our lives together and it has been true. Yeah,
0: like all fortunes. Like Coming all fortunes fortune you to- get. <laughs>
1: to- <laughs> like all fortunes you get at Chinese restaurants. It has Proven to be true. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about marriage. Making space for your marriage in your life. So in the beginning, it was really easy to do that, right?
0: Yeah, especially because I didn't have a job.
1: (laughs) It's true. You did. You had like a part-time gig.
0: Kind of, yeah.
1: (laughs) So marriage was our life. I was in school. Dave was just out of school trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his life. (laughs) (laughs) And... Things were fairly easy. I remember someone giving us the advice, you should really have a date night every week and thinking, okay, well, every night is like a date night.
0: Right. Our whole relationship is a big date.
1: Our whole life is a date. So that seems like an easy thing to do. It was really easy in the beginning to kind of feel like, oh, this is like going to be so great. We have nothing else going on except for being married to each other. And then the life changed. Things started getting busy. We moved so Dave could go to law school. I got a job. We got pregnant. I had the first baby. We realized that it isn't like marriage isn't automatically the forefront of your whole life always. That it kind of serves as this like foundation. But as life gets busy, it all kind of happens around it.
0: Yeah, I think those first in those first months of our marriage, first years of our marriage, were helpful in kind of getting to know each other, understanding at that point what we like to do, and that hanging out with each other is fun. And so when things got busier, we could look back to that time and say we need to make sure we continue that feeling.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, it kind of like remembering that feeling, even if the circumstance was different. Right. And what is the feeling that we want to have? As we were preparing for the podcast, you mentioned this interesting idea that um, a lot of times in marriage, we treat, we treat a marriage relationship really differently than we treat other relationships in our lives. We sort of expect a lot from our, from our partner.
0: Right. So we, we spend a lot of time trying to organize outings with our friends, impress our boss, and make a lot of effort for those relationships outside of our marriage. And sometimes we think that it's our spouse's responsibility to put effort into our marriage relationship.
1: Yeah, I think also in just culture and society, there's a lot of this idea that like your spouse or your partner completes you. And so you come to the marriage thinking that it's like a 50-50 type of thing. I'm going to give my 50% and that person better give their 50%. And I remember sitting at a class in college actually talking about relationships and how it's both parties' responsibility to give 100%. Because your 100% during a hard time for you might only look like 10. So your spouse, if they're giving their 100%, that they'll make up that difference. That maybe their 100% is the other 90. That sometimes you're doing great, and so your 100% is the whole 100. And the other person really needs that. And so if you only get to 50, and the other person, for whatever reason, is unable to give their 50, then there's that lack in the relationship. But if you're both giving 100, there's no space to make up because even if the other person is giving zero for a while, your 100% makes up for the difference. And I thought that was a really interesting and kind of a cool way to think about how you approach a marriage relationship that you're it's not just about doing your part and expecting the other person to do their part, but that it's like that you're on a team and that you are meant to do this thing together. And it can be really easy to neglect a marriage thinking that it's there like it's kind of like oh we did that we got married like we're married and so then that's it like that's just going to be the way that it is and everything else I have to focus on all these other things happening in my life and my marriage is just going to be there it does need nurturing though and it does need space and it needs time and it needs to grow it needs to have room to develop because if it's not growing and changing with you as a person as your life moves on and is your family changes then you may get to a point where you realize that you don't recognize it you don't know what happened or where and so kind of a constant vigilance to treating your marriage as important as an important relationship as important as you do like you would say with your boss or with a good friend or maybe a new friend that you're like putting a lot of energy into sort of developing this new friendship are you putting that type of energy into your marriage as well it's a good question So we have a couple points we want to touch on and then we're going to talk about date nights and babysitters. So first we want to just mention the idea uh, for making space in your marriage that you chose this person once. You said yes or said I do at one point. It's important to continue to choose that person.
0: When you choose your spouse completely like that, you show complete trust. And you say, "No, no matter what you do, no matter what happens. No matter where we end up I'm with you yeah And I choose you and that makes it easier for us to be ourselves we don't have to be afraid of the person finding out who we really are the person finding out what things we really like or things we don't like and how that may affect our relationship I can just be me you can be you and we can approach life together
1: yeah absolutely Recognizing that we have a lot of choices choices for how we spend our time, how we spend our resources, where we put our energy, and just recognizing that, like, choosing our spouse is one of those choices. Choosing to spend time with our spouse, choosing to devote energy in a relationship, choosing to maybe opt out of something else that could be detrimental to our relationship because we want to choose that person that is really important and I think that rolls into our second point which is always being on the same team with your spouse which is such an important point and you I feel like are really really good at exemplifying this in our relationship because sometimes I feel like whatever problem there is to solve is something that I have to solve and I'm feeling like I have to figure this thing out and you are really good at saying well I'm On your team like we're on the same team so if there's a problem that needs to be solved then both of us are trying to solve it sometimes that can be even if there's a discordance within the relationship that you're having a problem with something that your spouse or partner is doing or the way that or not doing when you're able to shift that triangle to not be I don't know if it's a triangle in my head it's a triangle where it's like you and your spouse and the problem if you kind of can highlight that even if the problem that you're having is with one of the members of the partnership, that it's both of your problem. That, mm-hmm. it's, that problem is outside of the relationship, even if it's within one of your, you know, the behaviors. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, the way I like to think about it is that there are three parts and two sides. Yes. There's you, there's me, and there's the problem. Right. And you can either be me and the problem versus you, or me and you versus the problem.
1: Right. Yeah. It's really interesting how quickly the situation can change when you shift that line to being me and you versus the problem. So at that point, just to always put yourself on the same team, no matter what the problem is, that you're stronger and better. And I think that like the, your whole mentality shifts when you think of yourself as a team because then you think, okay, we're problem solving together. Like, you and me get to figure this out, even if I'm the problem. When I am on the same team with you to figure it out, then all of a sudden it becomes energized with the idea that we can fix it together. Okay, the last point we're going to make right here is that it's really important to get to know each other as you change individually throughout the relationship.
0: Life changes, and life happens to us, and it changes us. And we need to be free to to change who we are. And we also need to make sure that we understand how the other person is changing. Like we talked about, we need to be on the same team. We can't be on the same team and, and fight our battles together if we don't know what those challenges are. And so it's important for us not only to, to get to know each other and to love each other more for who we are, but also I can't be the person that you need to be, the help that you need me to be, if I don't know what you're facing and what issues you have going on in your life right now.
1: Right. Yeah, it can kind of become as like the marriage can be put on the back burner and it can be something that just is there, existing, that isn't really receiving a lot of attention. At the same time, you can be changing your circumstances of your life. The experiences that you're having can be changing you. I think back to, I mean, you and I are in a lot of ways different people than we were when we met and got married. We've gone through 12 years worth of experiences and education and, you know, hard times and good times and our hobbies have shifted and changed and our, you know, the, our interests and the way we spend our time and all of these things have shifted and changed and things that we loved doing together early in our marriage don't really have a place in our life anymore, but new things do. And it's really important to continue to get to know each other not just think, well, I know him or her because, well, you know, we dated and we got married, but that recognizing that we are going to change whether we recognize it or not. Still, there's this idea that when people, when relationships stop working is because one of the people changed. (laughs) Like he changed.
0: Like the other person hasn't. Yeah.
1: Like you changed. You're not the same person that you were when I married you 20 years ago. And you're like, I hope you aren't the same person that I married 20 years ago, that would be insane. Like, How could you possibly be the same person? There would be a lot wrong if you are not changing and developing and growing and becoming better and becoming different and kind of refining yourself. And so the expectation that the other person is going to be the same all the time is is totally incorrect. And the expectation that you are gonna be the same all the time is incorrect. The important thing here is that you change and grow together, that you don't change and grow apart. I remember when I I was a missionary in Argentina and I was actually I wasn't even like coming home soon I was in the middle of my mission the um, leader of the mission the president of the mission was giving this um, talk and he was talking about marriage and this is a group of like you know 250 20 something single people all out on a mission receiving this talk about marriage and I thought it was so interesting but one of the things that he said that has always stuck with me was that there were two important factors to choosing your spouse (laughs) The first one was to choose the hottest, most sexy person that you could find. <laughs> and we all just looked at each other like, is this for real? Is he actually telling us this? He said, it's so important that you choose someone that you're physically attracted to because you want, because that's an important part of your relationship. And we were like, oh, that's interesting. Seems a little shallow, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing was that you need to learn to love your spouse and then love him or her, and then learn to love them again and then love them that way. And then learn to love them again. And I didn't really understand it at the time. It seemed like he was saying the same thing over and over and it was kind of redundant. But what I realize now is he was saying that your spouse is ever-changing. And if you learn to love him or her and you continue to love them that way, you may miss the boat later. Because the same time that you're loving them in one way, they may be changing and needing love a different way. And so you need to continue to evolve and love the person who you're with, who you've chosen, in the way that they need it as they change. And they will do the same for you. One way that you can learn to love your spouse over and over is through... dun dun date, date
0: night!
1: <laughs> Seriously, we have such a testimony of regular date nights. Don't you think?
0: It really has been a big part of our relationship.
1: It's just become the way that we count on having created space to spend together.
0: The thing I like about it is that I know no matter what happens throughout the entire week, I know that I have that time set apart to be with you and to know to get to know you better and to just to hang out with you because you're one of my favorite people and I don't always get the time I need to hang out with you but I know that I can commit to whatever it is that I need to do in my the rest of my life that week. Because I know that I have the time to spend with you already built in.
1: I love that too. You're my favorite person too. Our date nights have kind of evolved over time. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, when we were first married, we got a ton of advice to set aside a weekly date night. And we were like, okay, so which of these days should be our date night? Because every single night feels like a date night. So like, I guess we'll just call this one date night. And like, maybe tomorrow's date night too. As our life and relationship has evolved it became more and more necessary to have an actual date night so we started school we started working we had babies and all of a sudden we were at this stage where we needed a date night where like Dave would be out studying late I was putting the toddler to bed pregnant trying to figure out like when we were ever going to see each other and we didn't have any money we were in school we didn't have a lot of time together and it wasn't all butterflies and roses and every single night is a date night anymore and it kind of came almost like as a sideswipe where I remember this thought of like oh yeah this is why you're supposed to have a date night because it doesn't always just happen and so we had to start getting creative throughout our life we have had all different types and methods to create date nights for a few years it wasn't weekly it was maybe every other week I mean there was a time when we decided we are committing to this we're going to have dates you know regularly and then about four to five years ago probably five years ago we committed to having a weekly date night every single week but before that for a few years it was regular but not weekly we want to share some obstacles to having a date night and then some tips to overcoming them so we could come up with four main obstacles to having date nights
0: right it was expense time like thinking of what to do and then finding someone to watch your kids
1: yeah Exactly. If you have kids, that becomes a really, really big focus of, like, why you can't go on a date. But the other ones are important, too. Expense, time, and ideas. What are you going to do together? So those are the obstacles, and here are some ways that you can overcome them. First, expense.
0: You don't have to spend any money to go on a date.
1: Dates can be free, so that one's easy. (laughs) Don't pay anything and you will be fine. No, I think that there's this idea and I think that there's like these elaborate dates that we can see. And especially like with social media, we see what everyone else is doing and it's like, oh, we just went on a date to like Las Vegas for the evening and we're like going to a show and going to this big dinner and like then spending some time on the blackjack table and then we're riding a limo to the hot air balloon that we're going to see at sunset and then he's going to give me the rose. (laughs) (laughs) Dates can be anything that you do with intention together to build your relationship and get to know each other. That is what a date is. For a long time we had a $10 budget for date night and those dates looked like getting ice cream and going to a free museum in town or going to Barnes & Noble and sitting in those cozy chairs and reading magazines together and showing each other things that were interesting or inspiring to us. I would always grab like a home decor magazine or people and Dave would grab like science today. (laughs) So there's a little peek into our relationship. You can walk around the city center, wherever your city is. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I would love to know my city better. I'd love to know, you know, more about where I live. Date night is a great time to get to know your spouse and your partner as you are out exploring in your area. You could see a dollar movie. There's not really a lot of, like, true dollar movies anymore. I remember being slightly offended in my teenage years when the dollar movie started charging dollar twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. This is no longer a dollar movie. There's, like, 3 or $4 dollar movies. You can ride bikes. You can go down to the river. You can go on a walk.
0: I think the key here is don't not go on a date because you don't have money. Yeah. It's too important.
1: Right. Expense. We shot that one down. No longer an obstacle. Good luck. The second obstacle that we came up with was time.
0: Yeah, right. We all have the same amount of time. It's just a matter of making date night a priority and scheduling it in.
1: You get to choose what you do with your time and your energy and your resources. And maybe step back. If you feel like you don't have time for a date night, maybe step back and look at your whole calendar and look at it and think, are there things that I'm doing that don't contribute to my relationship or that don't contribute to my overall fulfillment fulfillment or happiness? And slide a date night into one of those spots. The other thing you were saying, date night is kind of a misnomer.
0: Right. It doesn't have to be a whole night. It doesn't even have to be at night. It just has to be a time set apart for you to get to know each other. Yeah.
1: It can be a date lunch. It can be a date hour. It can be between 10 p.m. and midnight after the kids are in bed and you're going to decide instead of turning on Netflix and scrolling through your phone sitting in bed next to each other that you're going to use that time for some intentional relationship building and enjoying time together you're going to talk you're going to play a game you're going to plan an activity together you're going to go through old pictures and memories and I mean something Mm -hmm. that is intentional and building your relationship
0: and even if you're not in the same room together if you really don't have enough time that you can be in the same be together at the same time you can do a date phone call you can do a date Skype it just needs to be a time set apart for you and your partner
1: yeah it just is something that you have to con- commit to and say this is something that we should do and then do it and then the last kind of obstacle with ideas is easy to overcome when you start to ask yourself some questions. Your dates don't have to look like anyone else's dates. Maybe you hate going out to eat. I, would, I don't understand you if that is you, if that's your person. <laughs> but maybe you hate going out to eat. Maybe you hate going to the movies. Maybe you don't like going on hikes. Well, what do you like to do? What do you like to do together? Think back to when you were dating. What types of fun dates did you do when you were dating? What types of hobbies would you like to pursue?
0: I think even just looking back at what you do on your normal day, what of what those things could you do with, with each other? You can turn your daily tasks into a date night if you don't have any other ideas.
1: Yeah, just by creating some intention around them mm-hmm. and letting the other person know that this is the time that you've set aside, maybe you're folding laundry, this is the, the time you've set aside to really spend that time together and to get to know each other.
0: Yeah, if you're folding laundry, maybe you light a few candles Turn on some romantic music. Don't, bur- some-
1: don't burn the laundry down.
0: <laughs> and fill some laundry.
1: Yeah, make it really romantic. Yes, you, I mean, the idea is that you can, y- you already know what you like to do. And um, and if you don't, here's a good idea. Some research has shown, and I love this, that you develop stronger and deeper relationships when you're learning new things together or experiencing new things together. So I would challenge you to once in a while, maybe once a quarter, maybe once a year, I don't know, depending on your comfort level do something together for your date night that is something you've never done before. Think of The Bachelor, which is obviously and very clearly the standard that we should have for all of the dates that we do. No. (laughs) All of the relationship building. No. (laughs) No. No, but the idea, I think it's so interesting that they create these sort of contrived bizarre dates like climbing to the top of the Golden Gate Bridge or going on a helicopter ride or having a fire out on an island in the middle of the Caribbean by themselves. Like these are very clear things that none of these people have done before and part of the reason that the relationship you know, whether it's real or not, feels like it builds so quickly is because when you have those new experiences with people, your relationship is able to deepen quite quickly. So what do you like to do? Those are the things you should do for your date. Now, the final obstacle, and this is one that I hear all the time, is I would love to go on a date night with my husband, but I don't have a babysitter. Or I can't afford a babysitter, or I can't find a babysitter. So we are going to give you... Some very specific ideas for finding a babysitter for your date night. The first couple don't require any money. These are things that we did when we were first married when we didn't have extra money to spend on a babysitter or a date so we would employ one of these ideas and then do a free date and we still got a date night. The first one is to do a babysitter swap. So this is an idea where you find a family who has similarly aged kids or not and ask them to swap every other week or once a month for a date night. So your kids go over to their house, they take care of them with their family while you go on a date, and then a couple weeks later, their kids come over to your house, you watch their kids while you go on a date. It's a super easy way to have a babysitter that you don't have to pay for because you're returning the favor, and to build a relationship with another family as well. So you can think back to episode 3 when I talk about making friends you know exchanging favors is a great way to build relationships with other families as well
0: we still have great friends that started from a babysitter swap
1: yeah absolutely another idea that doesn't that reduces your cost of a babysitter is to do a babysitter share so find another family that also wants to go on a date at the same time and this maybe doesn't work if you have five or seven kids but if you have two or three find a babysitter that you could hire to watch all the kids at one person's house and then you can split the cost of the babysitter. All over the country, it's different the way that people charge for babysitting, but I've never done it like per kid. I've never like done the cost of the babysitter per child. And so maybe that doesn't work as well if you do that. But it seems like if you shared a babysitter for a couple kids, that the cost of the babysitter should be less. Another idea to find a babysitter is to ask your friends and neighbors and family members who they use.
0: Even if you have all the money in the world, it can still be really difficult. To find someone to babysit for you
1: like the worst most difficult thing ever so when you find referrals for babysitters then I like to just kind of keep a bank of babysitters on my phone I think that it's really really important even if you aren't planning to do a regular date night or even if you don't have plans to use a babysitter maybe you are afraid of leaving your kids with anyone except for yourself I think that you probably could explore that a little bit because you will feel better when you are able to devote some time and energy to yourself and to your relationship without your kids there. Find a referral. Someone around you is using a babysitter. Maybe you could use that same person or maybe that some of my favorite babysitters have come from referrals from referrals. So my babysitter who I've been referred to can't help me, but I ask the babysitter, do you have any friends that also like to babysit? And then the babysitter gives me referrals and then I'm able to kind of expand my net of babysitters. Maybe you don't know anyone and you don't have any friends or neighbors and you would like to have a babysitter but you just feel like there's no options. There are some professional options set up for that. Care.com, I've never used it myself, but I have friends that really love using babysitters through Care.com. I think for the most part they're vetted. They have like background checks. A lot of them are like professional nannies and have certifications and all types of things like that. They tend to be a little more expensive because of that. But that's a great option if you really just need to go on a date and you don't have any of these other options panning out that you can find a babysitter through care.com or through, I know there's some local Facebook groups. I actually just requested to join a group in Richmond called Mama Needs a Sitter. It's for my neighborhood kind of area. And it connects college-age babysitter-type girls to Families and you can like post on the wall. I need a babysitter this coming night and all the girls who are on there Who are babysitters can look and find someone so that's another option that you may have in your area if you look for
0: it Another option to find a babysitter is to ask family if you're lucky enough you can live and you live by family That's a great option. It can be a great option Unfortunately, it's not an option for us on a regular date night But we do get a lot of help from our family if we go on vacation if we want to do an extended date night like we're doing this weekend, that can be an option as well.
1: Yeah, if you live by family, please, please use them. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's like family, like siblings, be willing to share as well. Like be willing to offer to babysit your nieces and nephews as well as ask for help from your sisters and brothers. So living by family it would be amazing. We, unfortunately, have never lived by family since we've had kids. So we, our first son was born when we lit, had moved away, and we have never moved back. So So that one hasn't been a big option for us. So we have really relied on babysitters outside of our family to be our babysitters for our whole family life.
0: One thing I do want to mention about families is even though we don't have – or we don't live next to our family. When we do go on vacation and we visit our family, I think it's important to schedule a a date night when you're in town and use your family for for that option.
1: Yeah, that has been great. When we go to Utah and we know we're going to be with our family, Dave and I will set up a date night, so ask one of our parents or siblings if they can watch the kids for one of the nights or a couple of the nights so that we can go on a date while we're there. So we just kind of take advantage of the opportunity to have a family babysitter where the kids can hang out with their grandparents or cousins while we go on a date, and that becomes a really intentional time on the vacation, which is really nice. So the last one that I want to jump into is to hire a regular date night sitter, and this is something I started doing about four years ago that I will never go back from I love it so much so we're at a different place in our life now we budget a weekly amount for a babysitter we have Saturday nights set aside every single week for a babysitter this has become something we decided we committed to and it is part of our life like clockwork and it is one of the best things that we have done for our relationship I was spending so much time and effort a few years ago. We wanted to go on a date night every week. And so we were, you know, flip flopping between Friday and Saturday. And I, around Tuesday or Wednesday, would think, okay, I need to find a sitter for this week. What are we doing? What time am I going to need her? And I was kind of like stressing out every single week. I needed to find someone new. I would go through my list of five or six babysitters, which ones had already been booked, which ones hadn't been booked yet, what times were they available, what, you know, when would we need them exactly? And I finally just said, I need to just take all of the decision making out of this and I just need to find someone who will be my babysitter every single week at the same time so I have to so I can just eliminate the looking for a babysitter part of my life so I asked one of our favorite babysitters who we had been using you know off and on when she was available to babysit if she would come every Saturday night from 6 to 10 and that we could just plan on her and we would pay her monthly like a job and just have her come and just plan on it So she wouldn't book anyone else for Saturday nights. We were her Saturday night family. And she was willing. She was 15 years old, great, super responsible girl who was babysitting every single weekend anyway. So if she hadn't been babysitting for us on a Saturday night, she would have been babysitting for a different family. So this was good for her and it was good for us because she knew that she had a family to babysit for every week and we knew that we had a sitter every single week. I was lucky because she was the first person I asked, and she said, yes, you may have to go through a couple people to find someone who is willing to give up every Saturday night or Thursday night or whatever you decide to be your sitter, but I just kind of put her on retainer. So I paid her monthly. She came every single week. We planned our dates every single week without having to worry about a sitter. A couple years went by. She became a senior, and she didn't want to commit her Saturday nights away anymore, She could drive. She was in her last year of school and she wanted to go have a social life. And so I said, thank you so much. You've been awesome. And I found a different one. And I found another girl who was in the neighborhood who had babysat once in a while for us. And I asked her to do the same thing. And she said yes. And she would just ride her bike over and babysit the kids and ride her bike home. It was amazing. The first thing I did when I moved to Richmond before... We had a pediatrician before I had a dentist. I hadn't changed my license plate. I hadn't... I don't even think we had unpacked all of our boxes yet. We still haven't. We <laughs> I told Dave, I will feel settled in this city when I have a weekly sitter. We need to do our date nights. I need that time. And even more than ever because we didn't have any friends yet. And so, you know, in Austin, if I had wanted to ask someone in a pinch to watch my kids, which I did a lot, then I would have had someone. But in Richmond, I didn't know anyone. And I didn't have any help. I started doing my research. I asked some friends, um, some newer friends at church. Um, There's actually an organization within our church of young women. And so I asked the leader of that organization to recommend whatever girls were regular babysitters. I called them all. I got a feel for who they were. I met them. I asked one of them to be our weekly sitter. And she said yes. She's 15 years old. She doesn't drive. And I drive and pick her up and drop her off after every date. And it's about 20 minutes away. So I would not say that it's the most convenient Babysitter situation in the world But I do it because it's worth it
0: One great thing about having a regular babysitter that you know is going to be there Is that you can spend more time Thinking about what you want to do on the date and not wasting all of your energy trying to find someone To watch your kids.
1: Yeah, it's so true The focus of our date nights now is not okay Are we going to go on one and how do we like figure out who's going to take care of the kids? The focus of our date is what do you want to do this week? Have you seen any cool festivals around town? What restaurants are opening? You know, is the weather great? Maybe we should go on a bike ride. All of those things just come into place. Actually, on the way up to D.C., I was just telling Dave, we should turn one of our date nights into a monthly climbing night because we both are members of this climbing gym and we really enjoy it. And we haven't done a lot of climbing together yet. We've been going on our own, so the other person is home with the kids. I can say that. I can say let's spend, you know, the third Saturday of every month climbing because we know that we have a babysitter. The other thing that's really great about this is that the cost of the sitter is fixed. Every single week, I pay our babysitter monthly. Every single week, it's from six to 10, it's the same amount. And so I can build it into our budget in a way that you can't if you don't know who it is, when you're going or how much time you're gonna spend. So sometimes the only cost of the date is the cost of the babysitter. Sometimes we know that we're paying the babysitter and so we, don't, we do a free date because we, you know, that's our budget for the week. This has been just really life-changing for us, and if there's a way for you to do it, I could not recommend it more highly. I think that in the last four or five years was a time of a lot of change in our life, of moving, of jobs changing. We had our last baby. I think that it became really, really important for us to be able to connect regularly in the way that we have because of our weekly date night. Having a regular babysitter has made that so much easier and so wonderful. Um, One other thing that I wanted to mention too about having our monthly or our weekly babysitter that I forgot to mention, when she can't do it for some reason, it's her responsibility to find a replacement for herself. And I think that that becomes really important that she thinks of her babysitting job as a job as if it was like a shift at a restaurant or at a retail store. And if she can't do it, she covers for herself. She will ask me if I'm okay with the person that she's found, but that has been really helpful because if she can't do it for some reason, that's not on me, that's on her. And that really helps with just the flow of the of the weekly date night. So that was the last thing I want to mention.
0: Yeah, I mean, one other thing, and we're talking about getting a babysitter. I think for a lot of the early part of our marriage, I kind of – assumed that it was the wife's job to get the babysitter but as I've kind of grown into our relationship and realized as we talked about that we're a team and we solve problems together it's not just the wife's responsibility to find the babysitter it's a team effort and all you husbands out there let's work together to to help pull our weight and help find a babysitter
1: yeah I love that Making space for your marriage is so important. This relationship can be the most fulfilling relationship in your life. It can be the place that you feel the most love, the most joy, the most support. That only happens with intention. It only happens when you are focused on it and when you are setting aside time and making space to be together and to get to know each other. Some of the things we talked about were choosing your spouse regardless of what is happening in your life, being on the same team, thinking of yourselves as us versus life or us versus the world or us versus the problem instead of each other being the problem, trying to get to know each other over and over as time goes on and recognizing that you're both going to change one of the ways we talked about doing that is through a date night and we talked through all the different ways you may overcome some of the obstacles of having a regular date night such as expense, time, and ideas and finding a babysitter and then lastly we we went through kind of our laundry list of ideas for finding a babysitter. So our goal with this podcast is that you can make space in your life for your relationship in the way that Dave and I have found works for us to make space in our life for our relationship to keep it going strong 12 years in
0: and a million more to go
1: a million more to go so happy 12th anniversary honey happy 10th podcast episode to all of you listeners I want to thank you so much for listening and for being here it means so much I'm really really loving recording these shows I'm happy to have this first like interview one down yeah high five high five hopefully the sound was great and the mic worked out and everything um (laughs) If you get a chance to recommend this podcast to a friend or maybe your spouse hasn't listened and you're like, hey, babe, listen, Miranda's got her husband on the show today. It's about marriage. Maybe this is one that you want to share with your significant other. Your ratings and reviews on iTunes really do make such a difference. The more people rate and review the show, the more visible it is for larger audiences for more people to be able to see it and to also be able to dig into these topics that we're discussing and feel like they can make decisions to feel more free in their life to do the things that they want to do and live the life that they have imagined. Seeking the truth never gets old.